Welcome, Pudding People, to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding. We're your hosts, Ken Seymour and Richard Geiger. Woot, woot. Excited to talk about things and stuff. Absolutely. That's that's me every day of my life. Uh, uh, well, maybe not every day. But the days that I get to do this fantastic podcast for you, the dear listeners. Um, so what are we talking about today? I don't get enough action in my life, and we did a, a list not too long ago about the our 10 favorite, or at least 10 of our favorite action scenes from films in the 70s and 80s, and we thought it would be good to revisit that subject, but in the 1990s. Mm, the era of our youth. Yeah, some, some of Older it. youth, I guess you could say. There are... A lot of movies. So if the 90s were our high school days, right? So we got the opportunity to watch more movies, maybe more rated R movies. Some, some college for me. Yeah. Well, <laughs> me, me, me as well. But uh, the a gooder a gooder portion. That's that's how I will say it. Yes, a gooder portion was high school days. So these were kind of the times where we're kind of you had your friends, and these are the movies that you watched, and you collect some of the movies on VHS, of course. Um, we were just looking to kind of get an idea on the list. We wanted to look through some of the stuff. Ken had a list pulled up of the movies from what, 1998? Yeah. And there were 800? Oh, no. You saw them at 800? There were well over 1,000. Oh, so even more. Yes. So we know that when we talk about this, we're going to miss things. I mean, Absolutely. There's no way around it. Well, and that's why this isn't the actual top 10. This is just 10 of our favorites. Um, because what is an action scene? I mean, a lot of times we did this last time. I, I prefer hand-to-hand combat uh, in a lot of the action scenes. But, you know, car chases, uh, firefights, uh, science fiction-y stuff. I mean, there's all sorts of good action for the action scenes. And... It doesn't have to be an action movie, obviously. It could be a horror movie. Shoot, oh, yeah. it could be a comedy. And there's still plenty of those action and action-type sequences in here. And some of these are going to be from our favorite movies. Some of them are going to be from random movies. And some of our favorite, favorite movies that have great action sequences, they're just not going to be on this list. No. Plain and simple. Because we're going to have things that we pick and we like, things that are a little bit more... Yeah, most of these are normal. There's a few obscure ones, I guess you could say. Yeah, some, some weird ones here and there. And I tried to let uh, my good co-host here have a couple of the, the ones that we both absolutely love just so that I can glom onto his choices while I choose some other ones. And as we've done these types of lists in the past before, there, there's always been some type of sequence in which we throw out one and like, oh, that's on my list. And the other one's like, I have yeah. this one. Well, that goes on my list too. So it, it's bound to happen. It has yeah. to happen. So it, it's good that we kind of, di- normally we don't discuss it. We come in and we're, we're blind to each other's list. Kind of surprise. So this gives us a little bit more flexibility in terms of adding a greater number of individual scenes and titles to what we're going to discuss. All right. Well, uh, we were discussing specifically one of those instances where we had some overlap and we figured that we might start there with a little uh, World War II action. Yes. So our lists diverge completely 
except for one that honestly just has to be on on both of the lists. There's no way it can't. And that's from a picture show in 1998 by the name of Saving Private Ryan. And the scene, of course, is just the the opening sequence on the beach because it's yeah. it's brutal. incredible. It yeah. is it's brutal, and it's I don't know how realistic it is in terms of how the injuries uh, would go, but uh, it's scary. Yeah, you know, there, there's always stories and discussions that revolve around veterans that watched this movie having to leave, right? Because it was just too real for their experiences. Um, some have said that they could, they could smell the diesel in the air while they are watching this movie, just because it brought back such vivid memories. And we've done a podcast before on World War II, yeah. And I'm a big advocate of watching some of the things on HBO that kind of spawned from this particular movie, right? So like Band of Brothers and The Pacific are amazing ten part you know, shows that I watch at least once a year. And there's, there's no way that you can describe what has happened to you as a world war two veteran. But this kind of puts a little sense of reality for those who weren't there as to what actually happened. Yeah. Uh, just the, I mean, it's high, in a way, it's kind of hyper realism. It feels like in, in some respects, but in order to get that, just the the lethality of it all uh, to come across, it's they they did fantastic. Some playing with some audio and how how you would kind of experience things from a uh, first person perspective without actually being in a first person perspective. It's, it's, it's just brilliant. Uh, re- regardless of what you think of the rest of the movie, which I actually really enjoyed this film. Uh, you can't go wrong with Tom Hanks. It's, it's very difficult to find a bad Tom Hanks film, though they do exist. <laughs> and there's a lot of, uh, obviously elements of even this opening sequence that are shot with a grain of salt, sequences that they set up that fit better on the big screen right what would have happened in real life and we get that but it's still there's an impact when watching this movie when the first thing you see is them storming a beach and just getting annihilated basically and is it, that's what happened is so. it a, is it a deep impact Ooh. no because it's you know <laughs> realistic and entertaining right and somber and <laughs> <laughs> a lot of things the deep impact yeah i, I passed that one by <laughs> i'm surprised it's not on your list now. well let's get on to on to where we diverge give us a, a first starting film and like we said these are not necessarily in any particular order correct um i'm just going to go random and it's not even in time frame order at all uh I had a list created, and as we were discussing it before the podcast, uh, it's just like, well, that one was in the 90s. Well, that one was in the 90s. Wow. Oh, come on. That one was in the 90s, too. Um, so earlier today, I had one of those moments. I was like, that, how do I not know that one? Uh, so I have Braveheart, and it's the whole scene where he's on his horse and he's, you know, Propping up the, the, you know, like the 
the whole army like they don't take our lives yeah they'll never take you know and a, a good speech a good a good drumming up of of valor yes and then they get everybody all riled up and then the uh the horses you know from the english they charge them and then the english are like oh we're gonna get you and then they pull up the spears and just like annihilate the horses not real horses uh <sighs> The horses, and then it's like the whole sequence of just like smash and bash, right? So it's like one of those right. sequences that you saw movies before that had gore, like if you watched a Freddy or a Jason movie and people got sliced up and that had its own element. But this had its own element because it was, quote, realistic in terms of people getting hacked and smashed and warhammered and everything like that. So it was just... Closer, anyway. Exactly. Like, a better representation. Obviously not a true representation, but a better representation. So, the actual sequence is just cool, I think. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's one of my one of my favorites. I, I especially like when the Irish come into it, and they run down to each other, and then all of a sudden stop, and then there's the shaking of hands and the showing of buttocks. Mm, yes, but... The, yeah, but yeah, the, the whole movie is worth watching. And if you're a younger audience and you haven't watched this thing, it's of the 90s films. It's an incredible, unrealistic falsehood of a story of a man that actually existed. And but the actual presentation of the story is pretty good. So, yeah, regardless of what you think of Mel Gibson, he's made some good films. Apocalypto is He's made other good films. <laughs> um, <laughs> on to Ken. On, 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 to, uh, on to one of mine. Um, I think I'm going to start with, uh, let's go with Tombstone. Mm. I mean, classic film with a lot of great action sequences in it. I mean, of course, it's got that killer cast. Uh, I'm usually not a huge Western fan, but this is one of those earlier Westerns, well, early comparatively for when I started watching films, uh, one of the first ones that really grabbed me. And there's a lot of fun action scenes in this. I mean, you get the, the initial shootout that starts everything between the two groups, but the one that I like uh, is the the one-on-one gunfight between Doc Holliday and Johnny Ringo, where he's ex- he's not expecting Doc Holliday to show up, and there's it's it's kind of weird because it's an action scene, but it's not. It it's it's all about building that suspense. All they're doing is spinning around each other, waiting for the first person to act, and and it's just over in in a heartbeat, and and it's uh, I I love it. Well, it gives us, you know, a classic line from that film. I'm your Huckleberry. Um, And I don't think he actually said that in real life. I thought I read something on that where the line is presented in the movie is has elements of accuracy, but wasn't actually what he said. Ah, interesting. I don't know about that. Do some research for us and tell us that I'm wrong because I'm probably wrong. But there was something about that that was slightly... Askew? Yes. I don't know what it was. But it's a great movie. Yeah, no doubt about it. One that Kurt Russell actually directed the majority of after the original director was fired or left. I forget what happened. Yeah. 
I mean, I it's it's one of the all time classics, one of my favorites. I just certain things when when uh, same same pair of actors when they're uh, in in the um, in the saloon and start speaking in in Latin. <laughs> just that scene on its own is is so fantastic. Yes. Yeah. The whole. Yeah. You even. I don't know. You get you get the elements of humor in there too. In I don't know. The whole movie's great, but Powers Booth. Mm, love uh, me yeah. some Powers Booth. He's awesome. Rest in peace. Okay, so are we on to another? Film? I do believe we are. Okay, so okay, here's a good one from 1995, and the movie's mm. kind of long, and there's lots of talking, and there's this you know great cast, but I chose Heat. Yeah, that's a good one. And it's the shootout scene. And if you, one of the things that you will notice about this sequence is that it has this sense of urgency. It has this sense of, you know, bullet spray. (laughs) Guns everywhere. But if you listen to this, like if you watch this and put headphones on, it's loud. It's very loud, purposefully loud. But it's, all the gunshots are just super loud and ear piercing in your in your ear. But it's a great if you haven't seen the movie, the movie's good. The cast is amazing, but the shootout sequence is kind of like the highlight piece, I think. Yeah, that, that that's a fun one. I mean, it's it's not got a lot of action sequences in it really, mm-hmm. uh, but that that particular one is pretty fantastic. Not much else to. See say about it um it's the scene's really big right lots of vehicles lots of surface area in terms of buildings and streets that they have to run through and and nobody makes it (laughs) spoiler (laughs) oh right right again these are very old films i'm sure most everybody has uh that has wanted to see these has probably seen it by now i mean it's 30 years old so i hope so well, speaking of uh, of rooftops and such, uh, well, I'll let that lead into my next pick. Uh, from 1994, uh, there were so many Schwarzenegger films in this decade, and several of them are really good. Um, but True Lies, the uh, there is a chase between a guy on a motorcycle and a guy on a horse. Yes. And it goes through buildings and on top of buildings, and it is just so magnificently done. I mean, the whole movie has some just ridiculous action sequences in it, but that particular one just kind of stuck with me because it kind of had everything. It had the suspense angle. It had the action angle. It had humor as he tries to get the, the horse to jump <laughs> In the place that the horse knows, no, no. not going to do that. And, you know, the whole movie has an interesting premise, right? Um, Jamie Lee Curtis is a great counterpart in this movie. Yeah, definitely. Um, he, he's made so many movies. And this was his 80s and the 90s. He made a lot. He had to have made lots of money. He made so many movies. And a lot of them, honestly, were pretty good. 
but he kind of hit the wall. I want to say in what the late nineties. Yeah. So this was still this was this was not his old typical movie that you'd seen him in, right? You know, a yeah. little bit different character. Uh, I think that's what made it good because it's not what you typically got out of his action movies well and he'd shown that he could do comedy too like kindergarten cop i was trying to find a way to worm that film yeah. into this list and i was just like there's really not that great sequences in it but it's a, it's, a, it's a lot of fun that's a lot of fun and a movie that a lot of people don't like but has a cult following last action hero is in this time frame yeah um and that's got a lot of over the top because that's how it's the presentation of the movie action sequences in but i just couldn't really find one that piqued my interest but he's got so many stinking movies in in the 90s he had to be on the list oh you i thought you did find one that piqued your interest not in last action hero no not in that one we'll get to that one later yes that's on a list of some sort here (laughs) all right what's your next one Mm, okay so one uh another one from 95 um I chose a scene from Desperado. That's uh, a fun one. That movie has many just outrageous action sequences. The guns that are always presented are not over the top. That That's not the thing. They're just n- non-standard because they always have these add-on things, right? Um where the silenced barrel may be like 10 feet long, or it's got these, it's a gun that has these weird things on it. Uh, But what you get out of this one is the end sequence where his, it's the the band, right? One guy's got the guitar case, and it's a rocket launcher, and he has this over-the-top cheesy pose where he flips it on his shoulder, and one leg's, you know, spread out to the other way and he shoots the rocket right and it explodes the the jeep and then it, it's the other one's got uh the machine guns right in the guitar cases and he just say holds them up and sprays the 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 thing so it's such a ridiculous but fun scene exactly like it's it, it it shouldn't work and if you watch the other sequences in the movie too Man, the bad guy. Like, you talk about bad guys not being able to hit a target. The bad guys cannot hit a target. (laughs) But the movie had everything. It introduced us to a couple of an actor and an actress that we maybe had seen a bit of, but like this really, and a director too, Mm -hmm. that just really, I won't, I'm not going to say this didn't make their career, but it launched a different stepping stone to their career. Um, I mean, it had it had a great supporting cast. Like everything about this movie was fun. It was really low budget, and they came out really awesome. I just like that ending sequence. Yeah, I just uh, you talking about that just brought up a film that I would have considered for my list, and I completely spaced that came out in '98. Antonio Banderas was in Zorro. That had some great action sequences in it. I would have had to ponder that. I don't know if it would have made it into my ten, but. Uh, that's correct. So Antonio, what what else did Antonio Banderas do in the nineties? Did he do X versus Sever? Oh, maybe that was later. On. I think that was later. But yeah, I mean, did we really know? Like we we people knew Antonio Banderas, but this one just kind of, I don't know, made him popular. 
Well, let's go to a let's go to a silly one that maybe not everyone has seen, but it's a film that I have mentioned a couple times because it's it's one of my favorites, kind of kid style movie, but it has uh, some fantastic actually has some fantastic action sequences in it, a lot of great comedy. 1992 Sidekicks. Uh, specifically, there is a scene where Chuck Norris fights Joe Piscopo one on one. Uh, now, if you're not familiar with Joe Piscopo, he was a very popular comedian uh, in the 70s and 80s. Uh, he was on Saturday Night Live. Not exactly a guy that you would expect to see in uh, any sort of an action film uh, in any capacity. But he started going on this kind of a health kick and got bigger and bigger. And mm. so by the time Sidekicks came out, he was kind of swole, um, but still funny. And... Uh, just the fight between the two of them is so much fun. It's got actual skill behind it, but it's also just, it's funny. I mean, just it, 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 it mixes in Looney Tunes slapstick into a fight, and it's just, it's just great. Well, Chuck Norris was doing his thing for a while, and there could be other films, Chuck Norris-wise, from the 90s that would be on there, too, that would oh, be yeah. perfectly acceptable. But this particular one just adds a little bit of fun elements to the list, if you will. Right. I mean, it, his his stuff is kind of standard fare in a lot of things. It's either going to be about this this guy is a karate guy or this guy is a cop that knows karate or this guy is in the military and he knows karate. It's kind of the same thing over and over and over again, which is fine because it works. But when you get something like this, like you said, that just puts that other twist on it. Oh, so good. Or maybe he's a Texas Ranger. Well, yeah, that's TV, though. Yeah. I know, but it's got a warm spot in my heart. Yeah, I do. I do remember that uh, with with very, very warm feelings. That was that was a fun show. Uh, you know, they've uh, started that again with uh, uh, Jared Padalecki. Yay. <laughs> Come on, Supernatural, man. I know he's one of your favorites from the Supernatural, you know, millennia of shows that are out there. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, they honestly every every TV show and and possibly half the movies that we're going to talk about, they're going to re redo in some form or fashion, or already have redone. I was going to say some of these are not new. So um, no original ideas nowadays. You always got to revisit something that worked well and then make it not work well nowadays. Well, it's been that way a lot longer than most people care to uh, acknowledge. That's true. Okay, so on to another one. Now, we mentioned that we did a list before for the 70s and 80s, and there were, there were a lot of Star Wars films. Well, lots relative to There was three. And they didn't really make the, at least for me, they didn't make my list because the movies are great, but there wasn't really a sequence that was just like, this is great. Right. You know, the, the lightsaber battles and stuff were... Uh. <laughs> <laughs> not awesome. Not good, right? Okay. But in 1999, we got Star Wars action again, right? Yes, we did. So we got a prequel that came out. Episode 1 came out in 1999, and then there was the sequence towards the end of the movie where Man. the battle with Darth Maul. And we mentioned on the podcast before Ray Park and, oh, yeah. and our enjoyment of Ray Park, and that's who the actor was that played uh, Darth Maul. 
But that whole sequence of them doing the two-on-one battle is just, I don't know, it's it, its incredible choreography. Yeah, Ray Park is. knows what he's doing, and you the other two trained hard, right? Like, they learned so that it didn't look awful, like when, you know, there was the Palpatine fight in episode three, and they were just clumsily <laughs> swinging things around and made it look like okay anyway but that whole sequence at the end and then they get to this little place where the you know the electronic walls come up and that was super cool you know it's now one-on-one and then i don't know the whole it stinks because like the qui-gon character is such an awesome character that's a great character now he's gone and you know despair what's gonna happen and darth maul gets cut in half but then in the cartoons He's not, he's, he gets his body repaired, whatever. But the whole sequence is pretty sharp. So I'm glad to have a Star Wars entry on this particular list. Yeah, I, I was I was really impressed. I mean, a lot of people were not uh, a fan of certain aspects of the film. that They didn't like the, the casting of Anakin or they didn't like Jar Jar or whatever. But ultimately, there were certain elements of this film that were just so good. And that was one of them. Um, I still wouldn't call this a film that I would just watch <laughs> at any given point, but I would watch that scene yes. over and over again. As a Star Wars fan, I do revisit all the movies from time to time. And this one, you know, the opening sequence where they go to do the negotiations and there's a little bit of the, you know, the elements that you get from from the Jedi powers and there's, you know, they're fighting some drones and stuff like that part's cool. And the movie kind of gets cheesy with the with Jar Jar Binks, but then the actual battle that's at the end and like he wins because he's clumsy type of thing. Like that's cool, but you know. <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you at the time I worked at the movie theater and the place was a freaking nut house yeah so people, people people really love that film they were excited for star wars to kind of come back into their lives and people kept coming back for it and it was a busy busy time to work at the movie theater when you're just a broke college kid so yeah now you were excited to have a, a Star Wars entry that could finally be put into a list like this. I similarly, there were several uh, Star Trek films that came out, not really known for their action sequences in the earlier films. Not not so much. I mean, they had some nice set pieces and some some space explosions, but nothing that was just really amazing. But in 1996, uh, Star Trek: First Contact came out and there is an extended action scene it's, it's not just a single scene it's like a, a a group of scenes as the borg are taking over the enterprise just deck by deck and people are just getting getting marked as one of uh, our our people we <laughs> we are familiar with would say that that the suspense and and the action and dealing with the Borg and it it's fantastic. I think we've discussed before that this is arguably the best of the Star Trek movies. Pretty easily. And that sequence is is great. Um I all it always gives me a kick when they go out to the 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 little deflector panel. Oh yeah. And they have to release it. That's not necessarily an action sequence, but uh, 
you know, it's suspenseful. Yes, it is. Like you're on the edge of your seat. Um, what's gonna happen? And then at the end, everybody saves the day, and they're like, "Assimilate this." It's just like one of the best lines. It's great it, to have Worf just save the day, and it's so bad he just tied off his suit. It's it's bad, right? But but the whole you know assimilate this is just it's, it's, it's a very, great it's a great line. It's like an Arnold line. Yeah, it's I don't know, it's pretty funny. But yeah. the the whole movie's by far it's the it's the best one. So. Yeah, there's the there's a lot of great humor, a lot of great it's just the, I could talk for the next hour about this film, but we'll we'll move on. <laughs> it's just got great action sequences and that's my favorite on yes. that one. Yes, agreed, agreed. Okay, so we mentioned there would be an additional Arnold mention. So in 1991, there was a little film that some people might be familiar with about a mimetic, mimetic poly, poly alloy over liquid metal. Wait, yeah, something like that. Something like that. A friendly little robot. Terminator Part 2. And the sequence that I chose, because it's... I don't know, one that always stood out to me. And there's quite a few that are in here. There's a, there's a chase sequence when he's on the motorcycle and he's got John on him. And, you know, they're, they're getting tra- uh, chased by the, the, the semi thingy that's a tow truck semi thingy. That part's cool. But my favorite is when they're at uh, Cyberdyne Systems. And... Oh, the helicopter? The, like that. Well, he, he puts... He, he throws a, he kicks the little desk out and he just starts spraying everything with the minigun. Yeah. Like that part's really cool because besides maybe Predator, where did you see a cool minigun sequence? Yeah, they're so, not that many. So that part's cool. But then the special forces team comes in and they got to storm the building, right? So then they got to fend those guys off. And then they get down to the, the, um, oh, the, the doors, right? And then, he gives another classic, I'll be back. He goes out and pops everybody in the kneecaps and gets the gas mask for them. And then they chase off. And then now the helicopter, like the whole sequence, there's, there's a lot going on. Of course, that then leads into the scene that's at the um, smelting place, right? So like the whole sequence, but I just like the Cyberdyne sequence itself. Oh, uh, yeah. They're, they're, that whole film is just basically one extended action sequence. And you can't, there's so many classic lines from it. There's so many classic scenes from it. You may not like Arnold. Um, and there's plenty of people that don't like Arnold for sure. But that movie is just, I don't know. It it's stands on its awesome. own as its own category. Yeah. So. It, it just kind of, I mean, the first Terminator film was fantastic. And just, it for me, it was a lot like Aliens was to Alien. Alien was a great film. Aliens was an amazing film and just kind of did the same thing. You don't get that with a, with a sequel very often. No. It's and just, this did it. Yeah. Um, going from something that is a sequel uh, that was better than the original to a film that had many sequels that were never anywhere near as good as the original. Um, 1994. The Crow. I have seen this film many, many, many times. 
And, you know, there's still those of us that just get that little tear thinking about the possibility that Brandon Lee had and having it end there. But that film has ambiance, it has style, it has ridiculous dialogue that at times you have to admit makes no sense whatsoever, but it doesn't matter. But specifically in this film, there is a point at which the the crow assaults uh, a meeting of a bunch of uh, underworld individuals in a nightclub or above a nightclub that's having some music being played and he just single-handedly decimates this entire group of people because yeah you can't hurt him <laughs> they shoot him a bunch and it doesn't matter yes there's a lot of stylized movements he's got a jacket on right so right there's like a lot of the swinging and the jacket flaring out and it shows you know, he had skills. He had martial arts skills. Yeah. Um, there was the gunplay throughout it as well. And it was just, the whole movie is great. That sequence is great. There's just a lot going on with both hand-to-hand stuff and the guns. And so, yeah, it's great. Yeah, unfortunately, it has actually a little bit of resonance with uh, some modern-day events of things going on. But... uh we're not going to talk about that because that's not what we do. <laughs> I we'll talk about a different scene. I like the crow scene where they're um, the one dude. It's r- real quick sequence where he's tracking down someone, the henchman, and he gets the one dude who has the the knives, and he throws the knife, and he catches the knife, and then yep. he throws it back at him, and then what does he say? He goes up to him, he's like, "Tell me a story," and they're like. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like that uh, one little quick flash sequence is one of my favorites. It's uh, like killing because it's easy and it's fun or something, something to that extent. It's been yeah. a while. I need to watch that film again. It's yeah, been it's at a, least a couple years. Good one. That's a good one. I haven't, yeah, I haven't watched that in a while. It can't rain all the time. Like that's a. That song. Yeah. But <laughs> the rest of the soundtrack, fantastic. Oh, yeah. That soundtrack led into a lot of other bands that, you know, Great music. Like, was Pantera on there? Rick Rollins' band was on there. Stone Temple Pilots was on there. Yeah, it's, it's a great album. Starts with that Cure song. That's just fantastic. Okay. On to another one. Question for you. Were we treating Saving Private Ryan as like 11 and then we have 10? Well, I, I thought it was 10. That, that was the one that we shared. And then we have, that was 10 and we have nine. Nine more. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we 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 actually have prepared for this. <laughs> yeah, because we have so many choices. Like we want to, we, we should have done a top fifteen list yeah. actually. But okay, so this is one that we discussed that could easily have been on both lists. Uh, maybe not the same scene, but the same movie for sure. Uh, I've got a movie that is one of our favorites from the era, nineteen ninety eight, uh, Blade. Yeah. Uh, the thing that really kind of kicked off the old, you know. Marvel, you know, comic character that people paid attention to, but didn't maybe they didn't realize was a comic book character, but the movie was so good it didn't matter. Uh, the sequence I have is actually just one of the opening ones when he goes to the club, and he's got a. It's like you know, there's the music, everybody's dancing, they got the groove right, and then it just, you know, he's Blade, so he kills a lot of vampires kills a lot of vampires <laughs> and of course how they did it was cool because he has the stakes and they kind of just 
flame and melt away in a certain sense. And of course, he's good with his over, not over exaggerated, maybe, maybe over stylized sense of how he performs his moves. Right. You're right. It's not cheesy. It's direct, I guess, is the word that I can say for it. Well, it's, it's meant to have a very, a very easily um, recognizable visual for people to kind of latch onto. Plus, you know, Boomerang Blade. <laughs> that one was just like, oh, that's really cool. But I, you know, after you think about it, it's like, hold on, <laughs> that's that's not how that works. <laughs> but hey, he's got you know super extrasensory hearing and sight and whatever, so he, he could catch it no problem. He could, he, well, he can change physics. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I mean, we are talking about people that live forever and drink blood so you can mess with the physics all you want to yeah, maybe so but yeah that, that film was just great i mean yeah well one of the first uh vampires to to kick it in that film was uh played by uh tracy lords mm-hmm. made a guest appearance for those of you who know she who she is she's popular in the 90s yes absolutely she she made a lot of guest spots in a lot of shows um so we're going to go from something gritty and stylized and violent to something absurd. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> uh, 1992. The movie? Toys. It has uh, Robin Williams and Joan Cusack. <laughs> and it's um, Robin Wright. Uh it's, a, it's actually got a really, really good cast, mm-hmm. and it's just a surreal film. And it's intended to be a comedy and a, a drama and a commentary on a lot of things. And you would not think that there would be a really good action sequence in it. And to a lot of people, there isn't a good action sequence in it. But I can't help but absolutely love the end of the film where they assault the toy factory to take it back over from the military that has is is trying to create uh trying to create a new generation of kids playing video games to control drones to attack people this was in 1992 sounds kind of familiar interesting someone had their eye on the future yeah a little bit but uh but the toys that uh the toys that are defending it are just they're absurd and turned into weaponized things. I, I can't even describe it to you, but there's a lot of really interesting uh, camera work and a lot of color and a lot of lighting. I, 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 I don't know how to describe it, but it's, it's one of the strangest and most interesting action scenes you'll ever see. I don't know that I've seen this movie. It ends with a toy plane being flown into an office on a second floor. It's it's really strange. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. We talked about this a little bit before we recorded. You know, it's Robin Williams, maybe not being typical Robin Williams. So this or one, is this one? This one's more typical Robin Williams. Oh, a lot, okay. a lot of riffing, a lot of ad libbing, um, and him being kind of nutty. But because it's not a normal comedy, it 
doesn't present in the same way because it is bonkers weird. I mean, it's even got LL Cool J in it in a prominent role. Wow. <laughs> it's just kind of, I don't, I don't know how to describe it. Um, but uh, it's, it's not of the digital age. You know, let, let's put it that way. It's very analog. You know what is of the digital age, though? What's that? Social media. We should probably learn something about that. Hey there, Pudding People. Don't forget to check us out on our social media accounts so you can keep apprised of everything that we do any time of the day. Richard, you're most on Instagram, right? On the Gram Gram, yes. And what are we best known on Instagram as? Pudding Guys. Easy enough. In fact, that's also what we're known as on Facebook. Now, I'd say we're on Instagram just a little more than we are on Facebook. You might get the occasional update there. We are most active on Twitter, where we are at Real Pudding Guys. Uh, we will give you updates about the next episode that's going to be coming at the end of the week, when it's released, any other little updates to the Ultimate Comic Movie Database or the Pop Culture Death Counts will also be there. Um, now... Our most exciting changes are going to be coming up soon. We're going to have a new website called Fate, the film and television engine. We're getting close to doing the beta for that. We're still working on the alpha side. We'll be doing a little closed beta and inviting a handful of people into this. I tell you what, it's going to be really, really cool when it releases. Now, you'll be able to also hear about that on our Patreon page. What are we on Patreon, Richard? Pudding guys. Pretty easy. Now, right now, it's very easy to support us. How much does it cost, Richard? It's $1 per month. Per month. Not per day. Per month. <laughs> yes. $12 for a year. Yeah. Uh, that's really not much to help support us as we release new content as we get better equipment to release the content into. And when the Fate engine comes out, it will have its own cost, and we're going to make it very affordable for everyone to be involved with this. And it's going to be so cool. I can't wait for you all to hear about it. Now, wasn't that interesting, folks? Definitely. <laughs> well, um, let's get back into it. we got three more entries for each of us and some honorable mentions here in just a bit. What is uh, your third to last choice? Okay, I'm going to do one from 1992. Uh, we had actually a discussion about this on a previous podcast in which you gave me a film and I gave you a film review. Uh, I have a scene from Last of the Mohicans. I knew that I was going to make it on your list. And it's for us... When we were younger, our group of friends, there's a few of those movies and a few scenes from those movies that we just loved and we like to watch again. Actually, from Terminator 2 at the end, because it's so funny and so poorly done when the Terminator's riding on the on the truck and then he uh, <laughs> it, it hits the wall and he does the Terminator roll off into it. It's right. pretty If you watch that sequence, the Terminator roll itself is just pretty funny. Anyway, there's a scene from this... At the very end, where they are chasing after, you know, there's the, they're on the, the mountains, right? It's, right? it's at the very end sequence, and they've got one of the daughters, and they're chasing after 
the everybody and they're just kind of working their way through the back end to get to you know to, to get the daughter okay well she decides um she's doesn't want to be with anybody else so she you know kills herself and then the the one son is like grr because i love you and then w- without saying words because the whole sequence is just music there's no you don't hear really like the sound effects are real toned down. Yeah, it's just it's a little weird. It's just music, and then he dies, and then Dad's chingachgooks like, "You killed my son!" And then he goes and just annihilates everybody. But the final kill is just awesome because it's so quick. He just does a little somersault, hacks the guy in the back. And he, he's like, oh, my gosh, like, you got me. And then beats him down with his, this <laughs> this interesting weapon choice. You have to see it. I can't describe it because I, I, I don't know I don't it's, know what it is. It's an axe, hammer, staff, whatever. Yeah. But the whole, the whole little sequence right at the end is just, I don't know. It's something that we always watch, especially the little, little somersault roll, smack, Oh, we got you now, and then whack him across the head. He's dead. Yeah, I know that's one of your favorites, and sometimes it's uh, it's these little um, nuggets that are just all. It feels like it's like it's your own thing. I mean, it's not like you were the only person that watched that film, but mm. um, still, it was maybe not one of those first films that people think about for an action sequence. So it kind of feels like it's yours. There's a couple other action sequences in there, too. Um, let's go to something a little more uh, modern day. Uh, not only when it was re- uh, cr- uh, released in 1996, but also it was uh, meant as a present-day film. Um, it actually has a George Clooney in it. Um, and it's a monster flick uh, with vampires, and they got the pointy teeth in it. So. <laughs> <laughs> and a um, crotch revolver. Yeah, that's exactly why I'm bringing it up. So Dusk Till Dawn, from Dusk Till Dawn is what we're speaking of. The bar fight towards the beginning of the film is just insane as as the vampires descend on the on the bar patrons that are not vampires and just the the gunfire and everything, and just like he's talking about, the dude's belt clip turns into a <laughs> into a minigun. It is just there are no words to describe it. This is made sheerly. It's like it was made by a thirteen year old boy. It's like having a giggle. Uh, what would I do if I had to have vampires fighting a bunch of drunk guys at a bar? This is what I imagine a bar would be like. You know, there's somebody with a snake, I'm sure. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But, uh, <laughs> well, and, and, and the band, you know, there's a band that's playing, but then the band turns into vampires right. and they're playing <laughs> instruments made out of body parts. It's really funny. <laughs> it's bonkers. So th- this will actually be the second Robert Rodriguez movie that we've mentioned yeah. in these scenes here. Uh, so he does good work. Yes, he does. Now, we're not talking th- like this whole movie is. It's if you haven't seen this movie and we're talking about vampires, we've already ruined it for you because the whole opening sequence 
is two converging stories, right? So right. one thing comes together and it just takes this turn. <laughs> it does. It just turns completely sideways. Like, wait, uh, this is a vampire movie? <laughs> no, no, I did not see that. Weren't coming. we just in a bank? <laughs> yes. So it's it definitely takes a, this, not weird, but it's like out of the blue turn and it's great. And that bar yeah. sequence is is. It's it's got great side actors that you like. You know these people. You've seen them before. It even has Quentin Tarantino in it. Yes, he was actually in Desperado, also. Yeah. Um, Quentin Tarantino was actually one of the, at least up until the first half, one of the main characters in the entire movie. So, yeah, it's a it's a great fun fun movie and vampires become so stinking popular now that people I think oftentimes forget that there was this great vampire movie uh, a long time ago. Yeah. Too much fun. Number two. or One of the last so, ones. One okay. of the last ones, right. I've got another one from 1999 and this is one that we could both have easily had on the yes. list. Um, something that you as the consumer can watch episode number four coming up very soon uh i have the matrix on the list yeah man so the the younger folks who may be listening to this cannot i i can't grasp the importance of what happened in this movie in terms of its production and its look and how it changed how people filmed and made movies whether you like the movie or not, or the concept of the movie, or whether you like the sequels or not, this one was kind of a game changer in simple filming right. and production. And I think one of the sequences, and it's an extended sequence that really takes the cake for me in this one, is they've got to go rescue Morpheus. Yeah. And so they, they go, they launch themselves into the loading, like the loading dock for the Matrix, guns, I need lots of guns. And so they get lots of guns. And then they go into the building, and they go through the metal detectors, and uh, just start shooting. they just start shooting everything. But it's, it's, you see a lot of, like there's a lot of visuals, there's a lot of sound, because there's tons of guns being shot, and once again, nobody can hit anybody. Um, there are uh, music. There's a oh, it's yeah. like a driven by a baseline music that goes through the whole sequence, and they oh. just do these obscene flips and one handed gunshots, and it's just a great sequence. A lot of slow mo. And at the very end, they've wiped the whole lobby clean, and they're getting into the elevator, and this one little chunk of the facade of the brick just falls and crumbles to the ground not planned it was just a great <laughs> ending to the sequence but it goes on because they throw a bomb in there and then they ride all the way up to the top right so they go up to the top and there's an agent up at the top and this is when they see that neo can actually dodge bullets because he 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 does the this is where they do the 360 camera shot of him like waving his arms like he's doing the backstroke and missing all the bullets <laughs> And he dodges all the bullets and the agent comes up and it's about to kill him. And Trinity's like, dodge this. 
Another one-liner. Yeah. So it's the whole sequence, but that's not that's not it. Back to more miniguns. They hop in the they hop in the helicopter, minigun, wiping out all the agents and stuff inside the building. It's a daring rescue as Morpheus leaps to the helicopter, and then there's a helicopter gets the hydraulic fluid or the fuel shot out of it, and so the helicopter's flying and it's gonna crash, but Neo saves the day because he jumps out and he grabs the rope and then Trinity shoots the rope. It's the whole sequence. Like the whole yeah. thing is just it's fantastic. It's just a fantastic sequence, and that is my story. <laughs> That's not even the only really good sequence in the film. No. It's it's, so much good stuff. I mean, the dojo scene is iconic, the the fight with uh, Agent Smith. I mean, yeah. In the the subway. In the subway, yeah. Yep. Great movie. Great movie. The chase through the, the, the town after that fight scene. Yeah, it's, it's all great. Uh, number two for me. Let's let's go with uh, something else that's uh, mildly mildly humorous. Um, and I I wanted to make sure to include it because my last list was so hand to hand heavy, and I can't not have any good hand to hand in this. And I'm going to go with uh, 1998 Rush Hour. Um, Jackie Chan is always amazing and just this film has uh between him and chris tucker a great deal of chemistry and chris tucker is not what you would call an action star but jackie jackie chan uh, will carry it for both of them and just the scene maybe my favorite is when he's trying to get into the guarded compound towards the beginning of the film when he's got the steering wheel attached to his hand and it's just, you it's, can't make it through the game. Like, there's humor, right, stacked upon the, the the physical nature of what you're seeing on the screen. It's he's just incredible. Yeah, uh, there's just no words. It's a lot of great use of the environment and the stuff that's around to 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 tell a story with hand to hand combat and and it's it's giving you an idea of who who these people are because there's a lot of that when you when you get into the kind of the philosophy of martial arts that it's only sometimes when you're fighting somebody that you really understand who the other person is which is ridiculous but in some instances it really can play out like this where you just learn the type of person that the links that he'll go to try and do the right thing it's just great and you're right the chemistry between the two is great that's why they did sequels to it that they were, were successful, right? We mentioned before it's hard to do a sequel that tops the first one, but at least the the, the second and the third one were very serviceable sequels enough oh, yeah. to make some money. Everybody had fun. They had a good time. Entertaining by far. This is the point at which we uh, will maybe throw out a, a couple of films that didn't quite make it to our list that we liked, or should we do that after, since it's not really in any particular order? Hmm. We'll do it after. We'll do it after. Okay. What's your last one? So the last one on my list is a must-have because it is, oh, it's not the best movie from the 90s, but it's right up there. I have Army of Darkness on here. Now, there's just, 
there's 10 scenes from this movie that could be in this list and be the number one scene on the entire thing. Now, I'm a little bit biased if you had. He is a lot of bit biased. Um, so I couldn't really decide. I really like there's the, the scene where they get into the castle and he's laying there. He's eating grapes. Uh, he's getting grapes fed to him. And there's somebody, you know, stirring a cauldron off in the corner. And it turns out it's a demon. And it's like the whole sequence uh, was like, wait, like it's it's a trick. And then she pops up and starts whacking people. And he grabs this, you know, the shotgun and just takes her down. And there's there's always a one liner in every single one of these action sequences that will live on throughout the test of time. Um, That sequence, it was either that sequence or the end sequence where he's finally back. He's at S Mart. But wait, there's a demon and he's got, you know, he's got his lever action that he he hops on the cart and he throws it. He throws it up in the air, hops in the cart, catches it. He just like unloads the whole, you know, barrel of of rounds and just starts. He he has to finish her off. And it's like the whole sequence is just funny, but not. But goofy, but not. It's a it's a mix of everything. So Sam Raimi just he bl- really, he blends well. He blends everything well. I don't know. It's it's one of my favorite movies of all time, and there are some sequences out there that have alternate endings. That that scene's not in it. Don't watch that one because that's it. It, it gives a different like more ominous thing when he comes back because bad things have happened. And he's, I don't know if you've seen the alternate ending for it. It's not as good, No. Um, but bottom line, shop smart, shop S smart. That's right. Um, now, uh, for me, my final film on the list is another with Chris Tucker in it. Funny enough. Um, because again, he's not completely responsible for the action, but you can't have the 90s without Bruce Willis in some way. And we've talked this film about this film multiple times, so I'm not going to go too deep into it. But in 1997, Fifth Element has just some stunning action scenes in it. And I'm going to go with the scene when he is um, on the cruise ship and basically having to save Ruby Rod, who is uh, uh, just witnessed uh, the singer get shot. And so he's making his way and just mowing people down as he needs to and trying to walk him into being calm in the process. And, of course, he can't be because he's uh, he's a diva in this. uh, Well, not the diva, but a diva. Mm -hmm. Uh, And just... uh, the the bit where he's trying to 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 get him to come down and shoots the circle around him as he falls through and uh, throws up the grenade that somehow has spikes and uh, I there are just too many good pieces to that where he goes in to negotiate with the <laughs> with the aliens. There's where, no negotiating. Uh, where did he learn to negotiate again? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that that film is one of my absolute favorites of all time. Will always be. I've seen it more times than I care to admit. Um, yeah, 
yeah, there's a lot of fun things that are in that one. And the cast is great in it. And the bad guys that you see in that sequence aren't CGI. They are all practical effects, which makes that scene even better. It's amazing. I mean, doing action in a suit like that is just got to be torture. Well, maybe they practiced. I don't know. Uh, no, I've, I've never seen any interview with anybody that's been one of those who say, yeah, it wasn't so bad. <laughs> They're always like, yeah, it was Good awful. Time. It was all awful. You know, like some of the other films that might have made our list if we had had a lot more spaces we wanted, like TMNT in 1990. They were all in those suits, too, and had some great action sequences. They did. I saw that one on there, and that's that, that, that the, the, the stuff with Casey Jones in it. Yeah. Great. Fun stuff. Um, when they, when they meet him and he, he's got a cricket, cricket, who plays cricket, cricket, like a crumpet <laughs> hits him in the face. See, six runs. Yeah. So it's, it's a great one. Uh, I, I have a lot on mine that are similar. So I, I did have, um, the fifth element on here. I had dust till dawn on here. The ones that you, you had mentioned as some honorable mentions on there. Uh, I had to, once I discovered some of the other ones, I had to cross off my list and add things to the list. The Crow was on there. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of them. We talked about Jackie Chan, and I actually had on my list as probably one one of the, the, the top ten was Rumble, Rumble in the Bronx. Bronx. Uh, there's a sequence where they're in like that arcade pool hall area, and he it's the same thing. He's just so incredibly physical, but he's using all the elements of the things of the set pieces of the chairs of the whatever the fence that's around him it's just incredible he's so he's so smooth with it um so i had i had that one on there uh i know a lot of people liked uh the ronin from that time period um i I, i've never seen hard-boiled i hear that's a good one too with a lot of great action sequences um there's two more uh we talked about steven seagal and there is a great action sequence from uh, Mark for Death uh, when they're in the mall. And all he does is he just like does his Steven Seagal where they run at him and he hops out of the way, grabs her arm, twists it around their back yeah. of their neck and like breaks the wrist. But he does it with like four different people. It's it's classic, classic, classic Steven Seagal. It's funny without being funny right not, not trying to be funny correct it's it's a great sequence but the one sequence which i'm sad i couldn't put on this list was from cable guy of course which is you know the best action movie of all time um when they're at uh medieval times when they go to medieval times of course i knew you were i saw that film's like he's not going to include that. that's not really an action scene but I knew there was some way you were going to try and mention it. Well, the the tr- one, the other action sequence I could have been to uh, was when they go to play basketball. <laughs> we don't we didn't have any sports on here. No, we didn't. Weird. You guys play here too? <laughs> well, I uh, thought about uh, uh, doing the one uh, uh, talking about Bobby Boucher, but we we we've over talked that one, so I wasn't going to bring that one up. Um, that's got some action. Scenes. It does have some action scenes in it, but. Uh, well, a couple that I saw that, that I thought had some fun action scenes. There's uh, at the end of Sneakers in 1992, there's a really fun bit where they have to get out of the building when they've been discovered. That's a great action scene because it splits between 
uh, a blind guy driving a van and them trying to bluff their way out of uh, fights with people with guns. Great action scene. Uh, I went with Under Siege with uh, the Steven Seagal uh, when he initially sets his kitchen uh, to explode on the people mm-hmm. coming in. That was fun. Uh, Noises Off, I've talked about several times. Just the last third is just slapstick combat, kind of. If you haven't seen it, that's that's a must to, to watch that one. Um, you know, Back to the Future 3, when they're trying to escape and uh, the train has to get them up to the right speed. That whole sequence, that was really fun. fun. Um, I was going to mention Star Trek VI as a joke with the other Star Trek film because he asked, uh, Captain Kirk has to kick the one alien in the knees because that's where his genitals are instead of <laughs> where, where you would expect them to be. Um, just, you know, there's Stargate, Pulp Fiction, Jumanji was in 95. That had some great sequences. Escape from L.A., Mm. Yeah, just when he's when he's uh, got to make the what sequence of shots on the basketball court. Right, that's why it's, it's like this. It's a ridiculous action sequence that should not work, but does. But it does. Also, a great soundtrack. If yeah. you haven't heard the Escape from LA soundtrack, great. But the last one I want to include, and I've told this story. I don't know if I've told it on the the uh, the podcast before, but. Uh, I uh, I know I've talked to other people about it because it's my favorite. Friday the 13th had about a million sequels. But during the 90s, they had one called Jason Goes to Hell. Mm. And as a film goes, it's not good. It is aggressively not good for the most part, in my opinion. Um, Was that a 3D movie? It might have been. I didn't watch it in 3D. But the early scene in it is just kind of this logical thing that I, I yelled at the screen during every Friday the 13th that I ever watched because it's always the same thing. The kids go to the lake. Uh-oh, Jason is there. He kills them all. Next year, different kids go to the lake. Don't you think somebody would have noticed by now that none of these kids ever come back from the lake? So at the beginning of this film, you know, it's like the the girl's in the cabin and he's uh-oh, there's Jason. He's going to get her. And she runs out, and he's chasing after her, and she goes into a clearing and falls because they always fall. And he's coming up after her. He's about to go for the kill, and she pulls out a gun and just blasts him several times. And he stops for a second, and she runs off, and the clearing lights up, and it's all M16s and <laughs> automatic weapons and just rips him to shreds. That was fantastic. See? It only took 10. That was probably the 10th one to figure out. <laughs> no, Jason X was the 10th one. Oh, because that's X. right. That's the one where they were in space. Right. <laughs> Give him his knife back. Uh, yeah. He had the little yeah. nanoparticles that reformed his legs and arm. Yes. That was pretty funny. Yeah. But what are your favorite action films? Always let us know. We talked about our social media. We would uh, love to hear some of your favorite bits and bobs and if you end up watching some of our uh, choices and you love them, let us know. And if you hate them, eh, go ahead and let us know. Uh, we, we'll, we'll think of you poorly, but, you know. But if you like Cable Guy <laughs> and you think it should have been on the list, well, then we'll love you. That, that, that's absolutely right. But until next week, keep on uh, keep on having fun uh, with the cinema because this, this end of the year, as we're recording this at the beginning of uh, the December of 2021. We got some really good stuff coming out.
well, not we, other people that we will enjoy. Monday.